Hey, this is Rodney E from the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Quick apologies. This episode is a bit of a retrospective, being that we recorded it over a week ago. It was meant to come out earlier, but being that I work full-time now, plus continue to referee, it leaves very little free time to get this together. However, we will be looking to improve that as we approach the upcoming NBA season. We had the Adelaide 36ers travelling to Phoenix and then to OKC. They split their games one-on-one, becoming the first team to travel over to the NBA and compete against an NBA squad and get a win. So they created history with their first game, shooting over 55% for the three-point line, which they were always very unlikely to repeat against OKC and Josh Giddy. But congrats to the Adelaide 36ers. Very well done. And let's just get on with the episode. Jeez, it's been long enough already, Rod. Enjoy episode 21 of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. This is what you call garbage time. Garbage time! We're back again for another Garbage Time. All right, welcome everybody to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I am the self-proclaimed podcast of sport comedy podcast, Rodney E, running the point on the podcast here and uh, a couple of running mates today as usual uh the saltiest shooting guard in the game matt well actually he's not with us at the moment but he has sent an apology so i'll just quickly play that hey guys matt here uh sorry i can't be there today uh had some important business to take care of uh heading over to boston i am of course me udoka's marriage counselor so all hands on deck <laughs> now. There's, you know, crisis talks are in progress. Uh, you know, Celtics got big problems. Udoka, he's horny. He's horny, mate. He's, uh, <laughs> he's rooting anything that isn't nailed down. He's uh, basically, you know, it's not, they're not saying it in the press, but I'm saying it right now. Speculation. Udoka is on a root frenzy. Uh, Jason Tatum coming to the locker room and caught him. Fucking plowing his Air Jordans. So I'm over there <laughs> giving some counselling, you know, um, some much-needed counselling, get the Celtics uh, back on track. Uh, yeah, again, apologies I couldn't be there, fellas. That's, uh, yeah, Matt's he's jetted off again and uh, he's over with the Celtics trying to sort everything out there, which we will get to in the podcast shortly. But before we do, Frank, the Oracle is back with us again with his uh, crystal balls and his uh, loads of Pippin memorabilia. Frank, what's going on, man? How you doing, Rodders? Yeah, not too bad, man. All good over here. Not surprised to to learn that uh, Matt's going over there to try to help sort things out with the Celtics. I appreciate it as a Celtics fan. Good on him. He's on his way to Europe as well. He's going to Europe first. I fucking. He went to Europe as well, or he's going to Europe en route to. He's going to Boston via Europe. From what I've heard, is that he's going to go to the Euro League. He's going to go to the fucking bosses there and the headquarters, and he's going to rip out all their fucking LCD TVs and give them the old CRT monitors and fucking coat hangers and go here you go, cunts. Fucking, I can't watch Euro League. Fucking, you're not watching it too. You watch it like I used to watch NBA in 1989. He's a busy man, Matt, and I'm not. That's why I'm not really surprised he's, he's not able to record with us today, mate. But uh, we'll make. Make do, eh? We'll just uh, we'll we'll push on. I'm sure we'll hear from Matt in due course. Let's first get to the opening tip. All right, Frank. Uh, let's move on to well. Let's just get straight into the MA uh, Udoka suspension stuff before you know we get on to other shit. What what do you know about it at the moment, man? Well, you know, it, it all came out that. You know, he was seeing someone he wasn't supposed to. He was breaking violations of the Celtics. And then, you know, it, it came out that there was only one female on the on the staff that he could have had a reported affair or... Right, so they, they, they narrowed it down 
pretty quickly. I actually caught Shaq speaking about this today. I'm just going to drop this. Let's have a quick listen to what Shaq has to say. I was a serial cheater. It would be crazy and blasphemous for me to get up here and say, boom, boom, bam. I can't do that. I know these guys personally. I know they're going through a lot because I went through a lot. I uh, just wish that, you know, certain parties weren't involved. Like, I, I've, I've known Nia Long for a long, long time. I like her. I know Adam for a long time, and they're going through a lot of family stuff. But I'm, I'm never the guy that's going to get up here because of my platform and fake it. I did it. You know, I was the best at it. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I lost my family doing it. I uh, lost uh, valuable, important years with my children from doing it. So I refuse to get up here. You shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't have did that. I'm not that guy. I'm real with the situation. But to answer your question, no, it is not worth it. But let me tell you why. The happiest days of my life were coming home and hearing six different people say, Daddy, Daddy, that happiest days of my life. Forget the money. Forget the cars. Even forget the championships, especially when they were little and two and three and didn't really care that I missed 10, 15 free throws. They wait up for me at the games. And, Daddy, can we go to Universal? Those are the best days of my life. When I lost those, I'm not going to use the D word because I know a lot of people are suffering with that, but I was all the way down. And sometimes I'm still all the way down, especially when I was in my house in Orlando, which is 70,000 square feet, in there by myself. Right. Nobody. Like, I built a house for the kids, gym, game room, pool house, this and that, guest house for the mom and all that. When I lost that by being stupid, it, it killed me. So to answer your question, no, it's not worth it. I wish you two fellas. Okay, well, I'll, I'll cut him off there. He's talking about his family. Obviously, he... Uh, gave up the philandering lifestyle to settle down and, you know, put his roots down somewhere and have a more meaningful relationship with someone. He's wearing really cool sunglasses in that clip as well. They're like Back to the Future style sunglasses. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, Frank, we don't, to be honest, we don't know much about the situation. Yudoka's been suspended for a year. Uh, the players aren't really speaking about it. The owner's not really saying anything about it. It's all under legal sanctions at the moment, pretty much, from within. You've heard plenty of speculation about it, no doubt. There's plenty of people angry about the type of speculation that's going on, too, in regard to women involved in the Celtics organisation, other women that have commented on the situation. They've been trolled on stuff online as well. So the whole thing is just a real... Uh, bit of a slap in the face isn't it it's a shit show i mean compared to you know what celtics did last year and then all of a sudden right. you know you're in a, you're in the finals and then someone like this comes out it, it's like it's a fucking on the eve of uh pre-season yeah yeah happens. just just before the fucking season's about to start and this happens it, it, it ruins the flow it does it sort of disrupts a lot of the team chemistry and, and stuff. I don't know much about Joe Mazzulla. His name was trolled a little bit as well. Apparently, there was an incident in his past as well, which uh, I don't have any details in front of me. Apparently, you know, that was resolved and he wasn't, he didn't get a criminal conviction or something. Uh, that's about all I know about Joe Mazzulla's past. I don't really think that comes in the question. As far as I know, it was 20-odd years ago, whatever happened, and he's still a coach in the NBA. Now, you sent me something earlier. Matt Barnes quoted as saying, Ime Yudoka would be lucky to coach again in the NBA. What do you think about uh, Matt Barnes' comments there? Well, obviously... He knows he something. Might, he, he knows, he knows something, Yeah, he knows something that's been leaked around via you know different players or or whatever. But uh, but but you know if he came came out and said that must be pretty bad. You'd have to assume so for him to be able to justify that comment that you know Yudoka career is basically over. It's probably worse than you can imagine. You know, and maybe it's not likely we'll ever get the full details. You know, they'll try to just disappear Yudoka from from the NBA. You know, you just won't hear about him or something after a while. I'm not sure. Not sure, man. Not good for Celtics fans. I think most of us are just trying to focus on the positives. Um is a highly respected guy in the organization by the players. They like playing for him. They've all said uh, at media day that they're fully behind him as if they're going to say anything different. So we'll wait and see to see how it affects the Celtic season. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, just another. I mean, Gallinari getting injured, out for the season. Udoka, violating team protocol, out for the season. Not a good start. Let's just hope that they're the only out for the seasons that the Celtics have to uh, go through this season. Yeah, now they've just got to push forward and go, you know, media day's done and, you know, it's time to put their foot down and concentrate on fucking doing the best they can and, and uh, yeah, move on for it and try not to think about what might happen with him in the future. Well, that's it. Yeah, they can't count on any particular situation playing out in the future. It's all going to go to court, obviously. And I would probably predict that a lot of members of the Celtics organisation, where possible, are probably going to try and distance themselves from this. That'd be my assumption without even knowing anything. They're going to have to. They'll, they'll say, you know, all right, we've, we've had our press conference about that and there's no more questions about it until they release any more statements that they want to. And Joe Mazzulla is going to be the interim head coach. And that's it. And uh, get on with it, Celtics. And let's, uh, let's see what you can do despite all this. Yeah, I hope they do well. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What about the Patrick Beverly comments to take it to something a little bit lighter? Have you heard Patrick? Probably he's trying to be the be the the, the star of Media Day by saying all these things. Uh, a lot of what he says isn't that interesting. LeBron James was actually asked, Frank, about um, a comment that Patrick Beverly made regarding his favorite LeBron James. Highlights. So I'll just uh, let me play this for you. I've been asking all the teammates to come over here about their favorite LeBron play <laughs> in those 20 years. I want you to tell me yours, but before you tell me yours, yeah. I asked Pat Bev, what's his favorite <laughs> LeBron highlight over the last 20? This fool, he gonna say the block I had on LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, man. What's wrong with Pat, man? What's wrong with Pat, man? Mention his highlight. <laughs> What's wrong with Pat, man? Pat got a problem, man. He got issues. He got issues. Them Shy Town boys got issues. Now I got three of them. I got him. I got K Nun and AD. He man. said that his favorite LeBron highlight is himself blocking LeBron James's shot. <laughs> I mean, why not say that? Why not stir the pot and, you know, and light a fire under LeBron? Get him well, fired up. And- it, sound, it sounds like they're trying to have some fun over in La La Land, Frank. Um, you know, they couldn't have been more disappointing last year. So maybe they're just trying to keep it light over there and uh, to try and alleviate some of the pressure they feel, I guess, of the well. NBA well, you got it when we, you know, when Beverly played for the Clippers, he hated the Lakers, and you know, there's a big rivalry between himself and Westbrook, and all of a sudden, they're teammates. Yeah, and he's and Patrick Beverly's out there saying that Westbrook's been his best friend during the off season. What's the best way to, you know, to sort of get over that is to, you know, crack a joke or have some fun. Yeah, well, I mean, what does any of this mean, bro? What does it mean? What does any of these Patrick Beverly comments actually mean? Do you think he means them? Or do you think he just thinks, oh, they're, they're cool things to say to the media? Yeah, I, I think it's all, in, it's all in fun. But then again, you, you just you don't really know. He might be just that sort of guy. He likes joking around. He, so, he might just be one of those guys who just don't get, doesn't give a fuck and you know, says what's on his mind. Yeah, like Matt. Yeah. He's like that. He reminds me of Matt. And rest in peace, Coolio, by the way. I just thought of that then. Rest in peace, Coolio, who died today, was it? Yeah, passed away today. Age 59. Rest in power, uh, Coolio. I hope you have a really good trip, my friend. You'll know what I'm talking about. Coolio actually played a show in Ballarat, Frank. Do you know that? Really? He really did. When was that? Maybe 2010 or something, maybe? Not sure. The exact. The name. next question is, where did he play in Ballarat? At the same place that I've DJed. There. I think it's the uh, Corova Bar. Is that the name of the place? Okay. I think it's wow. Corova Bar, yeah. Wow, he played there. Yeah. Jesus. I think I've still got a digital picture somewhere of Matt's brother and uh, and another mate of ours and, and Coolio all together at, at Corova Bar in, in Ballarat. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, rest in peace, Coolio. Always, he he was always cool, man. Well, he was only just in Australia about six months ago, I think. Yeah. 
he was on a podcast, one of the podcasts I listened to, and yeah, that, that was pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, just came out of the blue, I think. Oh, I've got one more. Let me just throw this at you, Frank. This is a, this is just a, a random one. All right, and and I want you to uh, you know to to predict this as accurately as possible. All right, you ready? Yep. Who is going to have the better year this NBA season? Will it be Zion Williamson or Kawhi Leonard? Mm. What do you reckon? It's a good question, isn't it? That is a good question. I mean, we've all seen the stuff about Zion, I'm sure. I saw photos of him on media day, and he's looking quite trim. He's looking pretty good. So, By all reports, he is ready to go first game of the season and fitter than he's ever been. I think a lot. it's easy to forget about Zion that he's still basically a kid. Yeah. Right? So he's he's realized that if he takes the preseason seriously and works on his, you know, just all his physical aspects that are already incredible, you know, he, he might actually be able to get through 65 games of an NBA season. Yeah, I think I'd go. And not just 65 corn dogs, <laughs> which is a joke, and I don't mean that, of course. Uh, so I think he's in the contract year this year, so he'll, he'll be wanting to play the best he could. And all I'm hearing is that he's taking the preseason really seriously, working on his fitness, working on his game, ready to go, game one. Excited to see what he can do, but what about Kawhi? Yeah, have you? Did you see the photo of him training? He's fucking leg. These leg muscles are fucking massive. I mean, that guy looks insanely ripped. I mean, you think like someone like Jimmy Butler is is ripped? He's just getting around with big hair extensions, thinking he's funny. But these two guys are looking ripped. You know, Zion and Kawhi especially. Can can Kawhi uh, have a better season? Can he have a career year? I think he could. Can the Clippers can you know just take them take everyone out? Oh, I don't know about taking everyone. Oh well, you know they they did get John Wall this year, so that's a bit of an unknown. I am sort of on the side that he is not going to make a huge difference, but in a playoff series, you know he might might be one of those guys who gets twenty off the bench one or two games, and that that helps them get over the line or something. And everyone will point to that and go, "Oh yeah, that's why they got him. See, see, that's why." Yeah, I think Kawhi will have a, will have a better season. I'm interested to see what what Kawhi is going to do. I mean, that guy is such a high level player. He really is on both ends of the court. Both ends of the court. Best two way player in the game. I'd I'd think so. You if, would agree um, with that, would you? You would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, most complete. I think. I mean, you got to think. You got Giannis and Jimmy Butler up there as well. But um, Giannis's offensive game isn't all there. I think Kawhi, the offensive game is more complete. He's more efficient, I think, than both Butler and Giannis. Yes. Kawhi has the better year than Zion. Just because he's a more seasoned NBA player and knows how to get more out of himself. I think Zion is still learning that as incredible as he is, as amazing as Zion is. You know, as physically imposing as Zion Williamson is, we're yet to see him navigate a full season and be consistent, help his team win. But let's hope both guys, those guys, are, are playing. You know, all year. I think that's the best thing we can hope for. That's correct. What's next, cunt? That's the opening tip done. I reckon we went <laughs> fucking ages. All right, let's uh, let's. I'll I'll take you through. A quick uh, NBL preview. NBL unrivaled. This is a world-class league. Fucking, yeah, rip into that, man. All right, so the NBL is, it's about to kick off. They've had preseason games, yeah? This yeah, weekend, yeah, there's been the NBL Blitz and uh, there's been a, a bunch of stuff in that, been pretty cool. But to tie it into the NBA, the Adelaide 36ers are going to take on the Phoenix Suns and the OKC Thunder uh, October 2 and October 6. And they have just arrived in Phoenix, the Adelaide 
36s. And for those who have KO, it will be on KO. Yes, it is going to be on KO. I will definitely be watching it as I have KO. And I think Matt does as well from memory. Yes, he has. I'm assuming you're going to tune into these games, Oracle. Are you interested to see this? Especially OKC being that Josh Giddy, Jock Landale both... Play. Jock Delaydale's on the uh, Phoenix roster. So he's on the Suns roster uh, yeah. along with Tori Craig. Well, you know, that, that's what the preseason games is. If you don't have the massive changes to your starting lineup, it's your bench that will get a lot of the minutes to see. They want to say who's going to play well, who's not. And so hopefully Jock Landale will get a fair few minutes. Well, I'm just pretty interested to see how this Adelaide 36ers squad goes up against NBA squad because there's been a fair bit of hype around Adelaide, which I'll talk a bit more about that when I'm going through the teams, but just to talk a little bit more about these two games, Josh Giddy and Usman Dieng are both with OKC, uh, both have played in the NBL. Yeah, it should be interesting to see whether Adelaide can take either of these games. I don't think they will. Do you, are you going to predict that? I'm going to just assume you're going to predict that Adelaide will go 0-2 and two like me, but you know, some of these previous contests, these NBL squads have been pretty close to taking out one of these NBA teams. And I don't think to this point they've done it, right? So the the Aussie squads are zero and whatever against NBA teams. Yeah, so it's, you don't know who's going to get the minutes and how many minutes. So, you know, normally the starting lineups don't get a great amount of minutes. So And you don't know how serious Adelaide's going to take these games too. If they're going to, you know... Oh, they'll be taking them seriously. You know what Aussie... Basketballs alike, they they love being the underdog and and trying to upset the favorite and and prove everyone wrong, prove the whole NBA wrong that uh, these Aussie squads can't hang with them. I hope they actually stick to the Australian way and just sort of bang them up a little bit. Well, I reckon uh, you should have a look at these games, Frank, and and see how they go. I wouldn't be surprised if it's very close in one of them, you know, towards the end of the game. I hope so. I hope so. That'd be great for, you know, the NBL. It'd be great for Adelaide. And you know Josh Giddy is going to, yeah, he's going to try and show up his former Adelaide 36ers. You know, he's definitely going to bring his A game for them, I reckon, as well as Usman Diang, who's uh, in amazing player as well for OKC. So we'll check back in on that to see how Adelaide go after those NBL v NBA games. All right. So from that, I'm going to go straight into a quick preview of the NBL teams this season. The NBL kicks off this weekend, Frank. Now, are you going to be watching the NBL, mate? I, I, There's I, hesitation there. See, I don't like that. I don't like that already. I, I, I really do. I, I'd really love to get into it. It's just a matter of time. Look, I'll be honest with you, man. They're hyping this season up like it could be the best season that's that's ever been. And we've been saying that quite consistently in the NBL circles, I think, for you know a few years. And the NBL Next Stars program has been a pretty big success in the league as well, man. And I'll circle back to that at the end of this. But let's quickly talk about the Adelaide 36ers. They acquired Robert Franks and definitely just got better across the board, man. And longer and more talented, more dangerous at both ends. They're going to be a big, maybe the most improved team. Are they uh, top four? I would say yes. Maybe top three. Uh, Mitch McCarron runs the squad. He's part of the Boomer squad, playing pretty well in the Asia Cup and uh, and all that as well. So he's back for him. CJ Bruton is the coach there. This is his second year with the squad, so he's been able to mould the team a little bit more. Last year, he sort of took over guys that were still on contract and all that. And, you know, they didn't finish off the year too well, Adelaide. Finished below where most people would expect. So I would predict that this year, they'll definitely finish in, in the top four. Without a doubt, lock them in for top four at least. And, and like I said, maybe top three. Definitely keep your eye on the 36ers. Brisbane Bullets have acquired Aaron Baines. You know this guy? Oh, yeah, Bainesy. 576 games he's played in the NBA. How, how Has he been playing in the uh, preseason matches all right? Yeah, limited minutes, but highly efficient and looks pretty much... There's going to be a lot of guys that struggle with him defending him for sure. And he's getting the nickname, I bet hearing the name Big Banger, 
Now we talked about nicknames on <laughs> in the last episode for Aaron Baines. I don't think Big Bang it was one of them, was it? <laughs> no, I would remember that one. That was uh, where we go. Let me go back to you. No, it's, they've got bangers here. Which is, I think, incorrect. I think Big Banger is probably what he is actually called. Okay. I, I would say that. He's playing for Brisbane. Um, huge signing. Looking to wake, make his way back into the NBA, of course. It's not likely he'd get called up during the NBL season. I think he's pretty much fixed on playing out the NBL season and having a crack next year at the NBA. Brisbane look really, really good. They got also got Tyler Johnson. You know Tyler Johnson? No, I don't. I think he played for Miami last year. Was it Miami? Yeah, that sure rings a bell. Uh, played off the bench for Miami. Let me just... But the uh, Brisbane Bulls are uh, second favourite to win. Right, because they acquired these guys, right? And, yeah, it was Miami last year. I don't know. San Antonio, he finished off with. But bounced around a bit last year. Yeah, definitely. Philadelphia and San Antonio he played for. Last year. He was on the Brooklyn squad as well the year before that. Began his career in Miami. That's where I remember him from for some reason. But, yeah, he's landed in the NBL. He's going to be – he's going to get a chance to to chop up the other guards in our league. Nathan Sobey is returning from injury as well. Um, so very strong squad, the Brisbane Bullets. And like you said, they're projected top four – lock them in for the top four as well. I don't see them not making the top four. With someone like uh, Big Banger there. And Adelaide are third, third favourites at the moment. Where have they got the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix? Okay. That's Sixth. My, that's my team, and uh, me and Matt actually sort of follow that team. Uh, not sort of, we do. Mitch Creek, obviously their, their standout player, Ryan Brokoff as well. Two incredible Aussie players uh, who have both represented the Boomers. Mitch Creek, Ryan, uh, for also short time with the Brooklyn Nets. Ryan broke off with the Mavericks. Broke off is coming off an injury, so we'll miss I think a week or two of the NBL season. But hopefully they get him for the rest of that. He's a pretty important piece of their offense. The big question for them is defense, right? The Phoenix they were a bit of a sieve last year, allowed so many points despite. Uh, Zhu Qi, which is uh, who is a highly talented Chinese player. Have you seen this guy play? Uh, is that is that the tall guy? He massively, yeah, over seven foot tall. Probably the best or second best player on the Chinese national team as well. Played really well in the Asia Cup, actually, extremely well for the Chinese squad. And uh, he's back. You know, the the Phoenix have been able to re-sign him with their last roster spot there. So that was a bit of news that I heard, which gave me a bit of hope for this season. They've got three new imports. I don't really. Alan Williams is one of them there's two others but i know absolutely fuck all about him man and <laughs> i'm gonna keep it that way until i see him play because i hate listening to all the speculation for some of these imports in the nbl because you really just don't know a lot of these guys you haven't seen they've just played somewhere and done okay you know um but no one's really seen them so until they play in the nbl system and the way the that um aussie you know, um, in in our league, how it tends to play out, the physical style defense and sometimes lackluster offense. It could be interesting to see how former G League players and stuff like that adjust to the NBL sort of style. I, I remember following the Sydney Kings back in the 90s and it was always with the imports, you don't really know until they, you know, they suit up and they play. Yeah, until they hit the court hit the home floor in, in Australia playing against NBL competition, it, it is it has its own unique style, the, the Australian game. Have they talked about expanding the league soon? Like I heard Northern Territory, I've heard Gold Coast and yes. yep. Canberra. Correct, yes. All, all, all of those destinations have been talked about. What's, I'm just trying to remember the Darwin, that team's name. They were making the, their... Probably the best or second best team in the NBL one, Darwin. There was heaps of heaps of highlights going around on on Twitter and, and Instagram <laughs> during that NBL one season, which is a a local season here, regional sort of NBL season, NBL league. Sorry, have you seen any of the NBL one, Frank? No, I haven't. I've you heard know what? about I it. I guarantee that Frank uh, that Matt has because it's free to watch, on and K- it's on fucking Ko, and it's on Ko. So he's seen it. 
I think uh, you don't. Do you have KO? No, I don't. Maybe me and Matt should pay for you to have KO just so you can see what we're complaining about. <laughs> complain about the fucking ads. I'll just give you my login. How's that? And you can. Uh, yeah, I'll check <laughs> it out. Just check it out that way. Let's rip through another uh, couple of. Uh, NBL teams here. New Zealand Breakers had a terrible season last year, mostly played away due to COVID. They've just been uh, every hardship that they could possibly face, they have faced in the NBL in the last two years. So the only way is up for them. They've got a new coach, a bunch of uh, new players with a couple of veterans sprinkled in there. Will McDowell-White is a name you might be familiar with. He played really well with the Boomers in the Asia Cup as well. He's sort of set to have a breakout year, but other than that, they'll be they'll be playing it at home for the first time in in two years. So expect them to be pretty excited to be playing in front of home fans finally there in the NBL. The fans will be excited to have them back too. Yeah, they've been uh, been through the ringer, the New Zealand breakers, so to speak. Melbourne United, please uh, don't mention Tasmania is basically all I've written there for their preview. They were beaten, of course, in the semifinals of the NBL finals last year. Many people wouldn't have predicted that at the start of the year. We'll get to Tasmania. They made the finals in their debut season last year in the NBL, which was some kind of story, which we did cover a little bit on the podcast here. Unfortunately, Hook Porty done for the season for Melbourne United. Yeah, one of those ones where his Achilles tendon pops, he looks around to see who kicked him and no one's there and he just falls over and, you know, it was one of those ones. Terrible. Unfortunately, really bad luck for him. He's not going to play. They also lost Jack White to the Denver Nuggets, I believe. Oh, yes, yes. So yeah, he... big loss for them because he's over in the NBA now. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, he uh, he played in the the summer comp. He played pretty good. He had he had some right. good games over there. Yeah, we we I think we might have talked about it briefly. Yeah, Jack White, you know, yeah, incredibly talented uh, young Aussie player over in the NBA. Let's hope he sticks over there. Unfortunately, Melbourne United will have to do without him. Chris Golding still the number one guy there. CG forty three shoots the lights out if he's got his eye in. You know, he's deadly. Can change a game just with his shooting. Pretty much. They also have Isaac Humphreys, who is recovering from missing most of last NBL season. So he's a decent big guy who's tried out for a couple of NBA teams as well. Probably a fairly big X factor for Melbourne United to see whether he can play some solid minutes for them and contribute. Most people don't have Melbourne United as high as they might have. You know, usually they're a pretty favoured team, coached by Dean Vickerman. He's still there. Not as loaded as they have been in previous years, though, Frank. So it'll be interesting to see if Melbourne United can actually crack the top four. Most people haven't got him in there. My mum follows Melbourne United, so kind of like it when they do poorly because I follow the other Melbourne team and then we can have arguments. <laughs> Friendly, of course. Of course. The Perth Wildcats. Now, John really. He's the new coach of the Perth Wildcats. Do you know who John really is, Frank? He played in the 90s. I think he played for all the Boomers for a little bit too, I think, from memory. Yeah, he did. But, he did. Uh, the Sydney yeah. Razorbacks had, I forget which uh, US college he played for, but also had a very successful NCAA. I don't know if it was Division One. Maybe he played Division Two school or something, but scored a lot of points in the NCAA. And I've listened to a couple of interviews with him. He, it, he um, sounds like he'd be a fun coach to play for, I reckon. And it's interesting because he talks a lot about defense and you might remember him for being mostly an offensive player. Offense, you know, sh- yeah. Shooting the ball. But he's got a very solid he, – he doesn't exactly say what it is, but he's always reinforcing that. He wants his teams to play, uh, get as much out of their – defense as they can, which I think is just an interesting perspective from a guy who, successful player, shooting the ball, known for his defense as a coach. Now, the Perth Wildcats also are rebounding after not making the playoffs for the first time in 35 years last year. The previous 35 years, they made the top four. Last year was the first time they didn't do it. They still have Bryce Cotton, who, in my view, is the best finishing guard in the NBL. I don't know whether you've seen this guy play, Frank, but... He's incredible. Like, he's just amazing shot maker. Um, think Alan Iverson, thinking old school Isaiah Thomas as well, maybe maybe new school Isaiah Thomas as well. That sort of guy. Oh, wow. 
man, if you haven't seen him, just just have a look at him this season. They've got uh, Perth have also got Larry Bird Jr., which is of course <laughs> uh, Brady Manick, who was recruited recruited out of the North Carolina program in the NCAA, who did pretty well last year. He looks like Larry Bird. That's all was I have to say about that. Was he, that the kid with the uh, with the mullet? Well, he just looks like you know Larry Bird. He just looks like his kind of lion's mane that he used to have. Probably more facial hair though, manic. No, the mullet guy for Perth is Luke Travis. That's the guy. Best mullet in the game. That guy. Oh, what a mullet! It's a thing of beauty. Watch the Perth Wildcats simply to see Luke Travis mullet flowing in the breeze. <laughs> but they should do pretty well. Top four for Perth Wildcats? Mm, they should. They're uh, their fourth favourite. Fourth favourite. Most have them in, but I've seen some people in the media going, eh, that's it, don't know. I tend to think they will. I think they'll be one of the top four teams. The Illawarra Hawks are the next team here. Justin Robinson and Tyler Harvey are their two guards. Probably you're not too familiar with those two guys. They're both left-handers, and they're both sort of small, so they're going to go with a sort of run-and-gun backcourt. Brian Gorgian was the coach there last year. He's not there this year. And Jacob Jackamus, the assistant, he was the assistant to Brian Gorgian last year, and he's taking over as the head coach. So a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, don't envy him, you know, taking over the GOAT coach of all time, uh, GOAT coach of the NBL. It's like, yeah, but he's kind of like his student. So, like, he probably knows most of what Gorgian knows and what works in the NBL that tried and true. Gorgian has, has figured it out. He always, no matter who he has on his squad in the NBL, he always gets him to be competitive, outperform, you know, what most people think. So I tend to think they'll be all right. I don't know whether they're a top four team, but they do have Sam Froling, who is probably one of my favourite Australian players next to Aaron Baines. I don't know whether you're familiar with Sam Froling, Frank. Do you see him no. playing for the Boomers? No. Yeah, he was a standout in the recent Asia Cup that the Boomers played in. Outstanding. Outstanding, and it could have a, a huge year this year. I think you'll see a lot of the ball on that Illawarra Hawks squad. Now, the next team here are the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, which we mentioned before. The arch nemesis now of the Melbourne United because they knocked them out of the finals last year in their debut season. Now, we did talk a little bit about this, Frank. I think I was trying to sell the franchise to you to get this. You know, I want, I want this team to be your team. I want. <laughs> I want you to fall in love with this team and be a bigger fan of them than I even am. Because pretty amazing story last year. The Boo season, they make the finals in a very unlikely sort of way. Pretty exciting to watch there. Scott Roth is a is a great guy, it just seems like it just seems like he's a pretty great coach to play for. You know, everyone seems to like him a fair bit. Apparently they sold out their season tickets in less than 30 minutes. Once they oh, wow. released down there in Tassie. So strong support. It's going to be hard to the, – the, the bar is raised high, though, Frank. You make the finals in your debut season. It's pretty hard to top that. Yeah, they're, uh, they're projected to come second last. Right. Yeah, see, most people have them well outside the, uh, the top four there. I don't know about that. I think they'll upset uh, a lot of teams. Um, it's, of course, the great thing about the NBL is it's highly competitive uh, top to bottom. But if, if, if they play that style that uh, you guys were talking about before in previous podcasts where just a gritty type of game, they're, they're going to you know grind out some games for sure. That's it. They're, I mean, Scott Roth has instilled that culture in that team, you know, from day one. They are a never-give-in squad. They'll... Be down 25 and you'll see them playing like they're 15 up. That's the too long, didn't read version of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Got Cairns Taipans next. Not a lot to say about them. Tajia McCall returns. He's probably their best player. No, well, he's definitely their best player. Adam Ford is the coach there. It seems to me that a lot of players like playing for him too. He seems like a really good, you know, relates to the guys really well. Gets a lot out of every player on the team. They'll be a team that no one expects to be good. Um, but they'll end up beating Perth and Sydney and Adelaide at least once. There's my hot take on the Cairns Taipans. They'll beat Sydney, Perth, and Adelaide once this year, but they'll still finish like second last. They're projected to come last. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's see how accurate I am with that prediction. All right, so Sydney Kings, your team, Frank. The defending champs, defending champs, won the championship last year, the Sydney Kings. Can they do it again, Frank? Well, I know they've had, they've lost a few players and gained a few players, but that's the merry-go-round that the NBL is with, especially of the imports. Chase Buford, son of NBA executive RC Buford at the, I think he's still at the San Antonio Spurs, I'm guessing, RC, but we've got Chase here. Now, Chase might be the most entertaining coach in the NBL. Actually, no, he is. I'll just say he is. Watch him on the sidelines this year, Frank. Did you see any of him last year? Pretty outlandish, some of the stuff that he did. (laughs) I mean, I would have kicked out a lot of coaches for doing less than what he got away with in the NBL last year. (laughs) <laughs> Look, Sydney acquired a new point guard. I think his name is Derek Walton Jr. I believe he was scouted out of the G League. So see how he goes. Untried in the NBL. But that Sydney Kings squad, Xavier Cooks, is an MVP chance. He won the grand final MVP last year. I think he won the MVP of the New Zealand National League that's just finished up as well. But he's just gearing up for an MVP year in Sydney there. You reckon you'll be watching some Sydney games at all, Frank? I hope so. If, if I'm going to watch any games at all, it's got to be Sydney Kings. I don't think I'm going to sell you on Tasmania as long as you're a Sydney Kings fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I've always been Sydney Kings, and I'm sorry, but the, the Jack Jumpers um, just don't grab me. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sure they're not upset. They've got plenty of support down in Tassie there. All right. Well, uh, so that sort of wraps the NBL preview there. Now, let me just curveball this at you, Oracle. Have you heard this? Liam Santamaria, who is the GM of the NBL Next Stars program. This is the program that LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, Usmin Dieng, all these guys that have you know, made the jump to the NBA. Liam Santa Maria is heading over with Adelaide to these NBL v NBA games. And it's rumoured that he's got a meeting set up with Bronny James. Didn't he sign with a fucking college team though? I'm just speculating at this point, but I shout out to NBL Overtime. They actually broke this. He didn't confirm it, Liam, but it seems pretty likely that he is going to be talking to Bronny James about potentially playing in the NBL as part of the NBL Next Stars program. What do you think of that, Frank? Uh, I mean, you can always just play one year in college and then go to the NBL and play. But, I mean, you know, LeBron James talks about wanting to play with his son in the NBA. I mean, it'd be great for the NBL league. But, it'd be, um, be freaking amazing for the NBL. I mean, we'd probably have LeBron James down here if his son's playing. Right. Well, you'd think so. If if, if he suddenly is away, we could, we he could heckle would. him in person, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it happening. Well, I'm just saying, don't count it out. Don't count it out. These things have a way of working out. Sometimes, just remember, you heard it first, second. <laughs> I, I hope you I'm wrong. Second. I hope he does come to NBA. It's going to be great. But uh... you heard it second on the Garbage Time Basketball <laughs> Podcast because it was broken on NBL Overtime first. So shout out to those guys. All right. Um, I don't have anything. Oh, no, I've got the commish thing. Yeah, you got something to bring up or something? Yeah, I do. All right, let's get to the commish. He's the commissioner. He's a tough yet compassionate boss with an unorthodox style of bending the rules. One man takes it day to day with offbeat humor and street smart skill. Check this out, Oracle. And uh, shout out to Wolsey, by the way, because he's contributed pretty heavily to this idea as well. Now, if I was the commish, and you could have this in addition to what you brought up about the three-point shot being limited to 20 a game, or it could just be a standalone change to the NBA. All right, here it is. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, well, just, just brace yourself, okay? Get ready for this. From now on, any airballed shot... If rebounded by the shooting team is an automatic turnover. The amendment, which Wolsey rightly suggested when we talked about this, was that if the defending team rebound the airballed shot, it will be deemed play on because you don't want to disadvantage that team of getting on the fast break and finishing on their end. Oh, yeah, I I like that. I mean, these guys who get paid millions of dollars who practice 
and play all year long, they shouldn't be putting up air balls. What about what about this one? If you shoot an air ball from the three throw line, your team automatically loses. Loses the game. <laughs> That's crazy, man. You're crazy. No, that's uh, no. It should be an automatic turnover. I honestly think because it just came to me. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about you know the changes that that you made and stuff that you suggested. And I thought, what if an air ball was an automatic turnover? It stops all those crappy, dinky shots under the basket. The shooting team gets the rebound, and everyone else misjudges it because they think the guy's so good he's going to hit the rim. Definitely, he's going to hit the rim. No, it's a complete air ball, and they get an easy two. I want to eliminate that shot altogether. But, and I think that, how, that does that if you make the air ball automatically a turnover if your team gets it again. But how are you going to distinguish that between a pass? So, you know, the, no, the player who... I think who you can tell when someone shoots passed, at the basket. Yeah, you true. can tell when someone is throwing an alley-oop so compared to shooting, shooting the ball. at the basket trying to score. You know, yep, yep. I don't think you get penalised if you're trying to throw an alley-oop and that doesn't hit rim or anything. I think if you deem it a pass, then this rule doesn't apply. The rule is designed for these fucking guys who dribble around for 15 seconds and take a fadeaway three-pointer and airball. Yeah. Punish that fucking team. I want all those guys to go, what the fuck is that, bro? We lost the ball because of that. The fuck are you doing, man? Like, fucking shoot a better shot. I don't know who I'm talking to, but just the guy who shot it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, I, I, like, I like that one. That's good. You can even have it in addition to your rule. Like it fits right in with the limiting the three-point shot as well because it just makes you that more, much more conscious about your shot selection and what point in the game you're taking that shot and, and all those things. I think it just, again, raises the value of the, of the three-point shot, which has sort of been the running theme of these segments the last couple of episodes do you want to do you want to quickly talk about the guy who commented to us about your suggestion on limiting the three-point shot i think you should i think you should address it right now um well we had you don't have to name the commenter no. or anything I'll, just I'll describe what was said just describe the uh criticism so I'll put up a sample vi- a sample video of the last podcast about uh my comment this was on about- tiktok wasn't it it was on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. About limiting three-point shots, and there was a comment made. This person said, you know, three-point shooting is a skill, and players have developed it, and it made an efficient way of scoring. Then this person goes on and says, I think you're just mad about the game has involved, childish. And he goes, this is one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. I'd rather listen to Skip Bayless for the rest of my life than this bullshit. Yeah, so he's replied to himself twice. Not replied, but commented under his own comment twice to get his whole point across, which I read it like, you know, he has a thought and then he thinks, ah, I can be angry in that. Ah, I can be any even angrier if I want. I can just this, say this is BS. You know, I, I replied that, you know, last season the NBA average was there was 35 across the season. Yeah. The NBA average was 35 attempts with 12 made, which brings it to 34%. And I said, well, why not see 12 threes made per game with 20 attempts? I said, that puts more value on a shot. And it would make the game a lot more, wouldn't make it as boring to watch, watching all, all these bricks being put up by players you don't want to see put up three-point shots. Well, it's speaks to that point of not just any shit cunt throwing up a three for the sake of it. You actually have to put some thought into, you know, when you take it. You can't just take them willy-nilly. That's that's basically the point of the rule as far as I see it. But, I, you know, I thought that was a pretty reasonable reply. Now, was there any, uh, was there any further comment after that? Uh, there was one more reply. I haven't replied to this one, to this one yet, but uh, he said... He says the shot is valuable. It's a risk to take as it is further away, making it a harder shot to make. And 34% on 35 attempts per game is excellent. Yeah. So the very last bit I have to out and out disagree with. He says the shot is valuable. It's a risk to take it. Words is funny. It's a risk to take as it is further away, making it a harder shot to make. And 34 on 35 attempts per game is excellent. So he's saying that 34% shooting from the three-point line is excellent. Do you agree with that? Fuck no. No, of course it's not. We all know it's not 
Excellent. The person commenting knows it's not. Excellent. He's just obviously reaching a bit to try and justify him canning your idea for changing the NBA, which isn't an actual change, by the way. We're just speculating here. I had someone DM me and say, is this really happening? (laughs) And I said, no, bro, uh, it's not. It's just something we said on our podcast. And this was someone who loves basketball but doesn't necessarily keep up with a lot of the NBA news. So he he just read the headline of the podcast, saw the little Instagram thing I posted and I went, is this is this happening? Are you guys reporting actual news? And I was like, <laughs> no, we're not. We're just stuffing around like we usually do. We're just speculating. We're just talking about ideas. That's all. That that's all. But this is really good. We're getting some en- engagement from um, this segment, which is which is great. I think that's the whole point of the segment to get a conversation going, to get a discussion going about how we can. Keep improving our beloved game of basketball. I just don't want to see so many missed shots in a game. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the guy to reply to, uh, you know, making some comments. It's great. But, um, you know, it, it got me thinking of, you know, if you're a coach and, you know, you're looking at players and you look at his three-point shot and go, oh, he's only, he only shoots 34%, should we sign him? If you're his agent, you probably wouldn't be bringing up his career three-point average if you were trying to sell him. To a team, no, you wouldn't market that as his best skill if that's what he was shooting. Generally, players that shoot forty percent plus, you know, they're considered high-level shooters, right? Yes, exactly. And these these are the shooters that you want to take the three-point shots. So that's why Limiting the twenty attempts, you want the ball in these hands. That's it. The coach will run specific sets to get the ball into the hands of the best shooter to take the best shot. Right, and, and it has a better chance of going in. From what I get, this guy commenting is kind of saying, it's just a high-risk shot. There's nothing you can do about it. No, I disagree with that. I think I think what we're actually suggesting is trying to do something about it. If you're, you know, if you're practicing the shot a lot in the off-season, you know, you set your feet, you face, you know, you're correcting facing the basketball. It's not a stupid fadeaway shot or anything like that. That could result in an air ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- what your more times you're gonna you're gonna hit the shot. Your suggestion, Frank, eliminates that stupid fadeaway, possibly airballed jump shot. Who who the fuck is standing there, bigging that up? Go, no, nah, players should be doing that. That's that's the right. No, no, it's not. It's just a shit shot. The only time they should shoot like that is, you know, if it's down to the last three seconds of the game and they've got to shoot the ball to, you know, they've got to shoot a three to, to win the game or at least tie it, then, you know, and that's the only option that the play hasn't worked out, then you do it. But during, you know, the first, second, third quarter and early into the fourth, you're not going to take these stupid shots. You'll excuse a fadeaway three-point shot at the end of the shot clock or something if there's no other option, like you said, if, if the circumstances dictate that you have to take that shot. There's no other option as a last resort. Yeah, you want a guy to be able to at least hit the rim in that scenario because if they shoot an air ball, it's an automatic turnover in my league anyway. Yes, yeah. So there you go. I just I had that for the commish, Frank, because I thought, I thought uh, it's a good new idea and it also ties in with, uh, you know, what uh, the last commish segment where we talked about trying to add value to the – the, uh, the three-point shot in the NBA because we're seeing volume in- increase. I don't think we're seeing the skill level increase. No. The data that you brought up, that speaks to that. It's saying current teams, on average, are shooting no better than 34% from the three-point line. And, you know, if, if you are watching a game or, you know, you follow whatever team and – you know, you're going through the stats and you see that your team has shot 12 or 35, you're going to think, fuck, that is shit. You're going to think that they overshot the ball from the three-point line, aren't you? Yeah. You're going to think, why was it so many attempts? Were they getting any, you know, what were their looks like? We're talking so much about the three-point shot. I'm not sure whether we mentioned it last episode or not, but it also dispels the flawed narrative of that the long-range two being the worst shot in the game. Yeah. You know, if you've got these, other, you know, air ball is an automatic turnover, you're limited to 23-point shots, automatically you're going to have players that are going to want to be better at that 20-footer because they don't want to take so many threes. 
because they don't but want to waste their team's attempts. The thing is, they can also still shoot from that range, just have a foot on the line, and it'll be counted as a two. Well, that's right, and it doesn't count to their attempts, and they're still free to. It's still gonna. It's still gonna leave the. They still got yeah. They still got some in the chamber that they can pull out a bit later if they're if they're down big. So they're still gonna open offense. It's you know it's still gonna spread players around. So you know you're not clogging the lanes or anything. They're good ideas. It it shows we're trying to you know we're trying to think uh, into the future here and stuff. That's all we're trying to do here, Frank. We're just throwing out at words. Seeing how people react to them. That's all we're doing. Having a bit of fun, that's all. Just recording a podcast with our dicks out. That's it. It's <laughs> all we're doing. I think uh, we could probably wrap it up there, yeah? I think that's been mostly me just rambling on. So apologies for that. Um, Frank, I really wish that you would interrupt me much more. Well, when you get on a roll, you, it's hard to stop you. <laughs> it's like a fucking avalanche. Like a fucking bullet train. Like a yogurt truck hitting the wall. That doesn't make any sense, but uh, Matt will know what I'm talking about. The NBL starts this weekend, Saturday the 1st of October. Phoenix, my southeast Melbourne Phoenix, play the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Frank's least favourite team in the NBL. (laughs) Because I tried to sell him on them. I'm looking forward to that. No, listen, in all seriousness, Oracle, I'm going to be... Glued to the NBL this season. I'm I'm actually quite excited for it. I can't wait to see how Aaron Baines does. If he starts to dominate and, and have an MVP type year, we're going to be able to latch onto that. We said it. Well, Matt said it. You know, when he was here, Matt said it. He said Matt, Aaron Baines would be MVP. Matt's too busy trying to fucking keep the Dirkies dick back in his pants. Well, yeah, he's, he's trying to uh, tie Ime Yudoka's huge knob into a knot so that he doesn't do any more damage <laughs> to the people around him. I assume that's what he's doing anyway. Um, uh, he's, he's applying a chastity belt as we speak. Gross. Okay, gross. Too much information, Oracle. <laughs> couple of things that are coming out in the next week or two. You've got the Redeem Team um, documentary on Netflix. That comes out on October 7th. And for those who have who are able to get onto HBO, there's a Lynn Sanity documentary which comes out on October oh, the 11th. Yeah. Jeremy Lynn. Who remembers that guy? That was a that that was a weird time in the NBA in the NBA. It really really was. Maybe we should once that's released, we should, maybe we should uh I'll commit to watching it and um, and we'll talk about it if you want. Oh, I'll be I'll be checking it out, that's for sure. For those who don't know Jeremy Lynn, definitely seek that one out. Even if you don't like basketball, I think that's just it's just one of those awesome stories that that everyone can um relate to. And if you don't know who Jeremy Lynn is, then you won't know who Charles Oakley is. Definitely won't know who Well, actually there might be some people who know Oakley but don't know Jeremy Lynn. Is that possible, do you think? No. Yeah. No I'll- is what you say. <laughs> Well, Oakley had a better career than Jeremy Lin. I think so. Definitely a longer yeah. career, a more successful career. And you've read Charles Oakley's book, haven't you? Yeah, so he recently brought out a book. It's called The Last Enforcer. And, yeah, it's a biography about himself from, you know, from how he was raised until he retired and then had the big uh, spat with James Dolan, the mm. New York's owner. So these are, there's a lot of good stories I've got ready or one of All our right. podcasts. You know, we'll, we'll do a deep dive into that that book, similar to the way we did with Scotty Pippen. Uh, it was a great read. There's great stories in there. Yeah, we might try and pack it all into one episode. You know, yeah, and uh, and, and and just do that as as an episode with a few other little things. Yeah. All right, mate. I'm going to let you go because I've 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 wrapped in your ear long enough. Thanks for thanks for sticking with me, Oracle. <laughs> Not a problem. Always a pleasure. That's been the garbage time basketball for another week. Get at us on where uh, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok, Facebook. That guy was Instagram on TikTok. Get on there and help help to that guy diss our ideas on the podcast. <laughs> No, we encourage uh, we encourage all engagement. We really appreciate people who do make the effort to engage, whether it be positive or negative. Or negative, exactly. We're on Instagram at uh, GT Basketball Pod. Same on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. Wherever you get podcasts, look up Garbage Time Basketball Podcast, and you will find the basketball in the bin with the flies flying around it. 
Shout out to Emmanuel, our number one fan. Yeah, he he hit me up the other day. When the fuck are you bringing out another podcast? I yeah, said, we're definitely uh, disappointing him, um, and he's <laughs> our number one fan. So <laughs> we might be failing a little bit on the. Uh, no, we're going to be. No, we are ramping this up. Big things coming, Frank. Big things. But uh, yeah, no, no, we're we're going to ramp this shit up, especially as we get uh, approach closer to the new NBA season. Not too far away. Coming. It's coming. It'll be here soon. We'll wrap it up there. And uh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you again uh, real soon, okay, man? Yeah, hopefully fucking Matt will be finished. Do you reckon he's fucking... He's, uh... Oh, no, that's just a bad thought. <laughs> yeah, don't, do it. don't say it. Just tell me tell me off recording and, uh, and get it out of your system that way. I'm sure if, uh, we'll hear from Matt. In whatever <laughs> capacity, uh, whether he can be here or not, stay tuned for an update with uh, with the great man uh, trying to sort out the Celtics problems once again over there. It just seems like the Boston Celtics should have Matt on the payroll, you know, just forever, just lifetime. Well, you know, it shouldn't be the leprechaun painted on the floor at the at, at the TD Garden. It should be a picture of, of Matt, Matt Matt's from face. The, uh, from the garbage time basketball podcast. <laughs> Go Celtics. See you later, everyone. Yeah.